Welcome everyone to another episode of the Adeptist Ridiculous Podcast. My name is DK Diamantes, my co-host is Bricky, and today I think we're going to learn about some Arcs of Omen, and I'm super hype, and it's just... Mm, love the last episode, but before we get too far into that, if you enjoy today's episode of the podcast and you feel like maybe let's support these guys, head over to patreon.com slash Ridiculous, where you can get access to our Discord, bloopers if they happen. At the $15 tier, you can get all of our posters in HD digital form, and if we hit the $20,000 goal, which is just I don't get it, but thank you so much for the support. We will be doing one episode on Warhammer Fantasy. I'll be taking the reins, and I'll try and teach Bricky a little something-something about Warhammer Fantasy. So patreon.com slash Adeptus Ridiculous. You get one. You get one. You get one. I will. Ref- I refuse to subject myself to rats. <laughs> I have rats in my house. Oh, that's right. You do. You're being invaded by the Skaven because you don't like fantasy. They're far less potent than I expected. Besides that, um, for our next book club, as the episode on Belsar's Call just came out, we are going to be doing Master of Mankind. Ooh, we're finally doing it. Yes, a heavily recommended book. That is the next one up. Give it a read. Give it a listen. Give it, give it, give it. And then moving on. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, um, check out the merch. We've got Orchidate.com. There's merch there. We have great new posters of many types. We have flags that you can fly high and dice and uh, objective mats. It's all good stuff. So mm. shirts, hoodies, so on. Check it out. All in the description at Orchid8.com. Mm-hmm. DK. Yes, sir. Yes, I, sir. Yes, sir. I don't much have a quote for you, but I have the opening of this book if you'd like me to to just kind of give this this small paragraph a read to yeah, kind of yeah, set yeah, you hit, up. Hit me with it. Set me up. Someone set us up the bomb. Bricky set us up the quote. So the, mm, you know, the, <laughs> you wouldn't call the world eaters subtle, would you? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> With a name like World Eaters, mm, no. All right, good. Because the first sentence here is, <clears throat> The Eaters of Worlds. Oh, okay. The Blood God Sacred <laughs> Slaughtermen, Chosen Legion of Corn. None there are who offer greater tribute to the Lord of Skulls, none more committed to battle in his name. Many are those who brand the World Eaters shattered, fragmented sons of a broken father. Those same fools soon fall beneath the churning teeth of bloody blades, their skulls cast flensed upon the offering pile. Yet for all their sacred butchery, there are none amongst this blood-blessed brotherhood to compare to their sire. He is the bladed hurricane, he is the unstoppable beast, fury given form, the gore-spattered demigod of carnage. He is the red angel, and demons and mortals have slain and striven for the honor of fighting in his charnel shadow. He is Angron, the eater of worlds, and his onset heralds death. Wow. We're starting off strong. Wowie. Blood-blessed brothers. There's some alliteration for your daily life. Holy moly. Okay, I like it. I, I mean, let's go. I mean, that is so 
on the nose world eaters like if you had just told me that i was like oh yeah this is obviously a world eaters episode we're gonna be talking about some angron shenanigans let's go also again with the flensing they just they love they love that word no flame yeah, that, flensing uh, we gotta, gotta flens make that skull you know we gotta make that skull clean mm-hmm. nice and clean and smooth just like my brain Got to stack it on the pile. On the pile. Got to make a throne out of it. You don't want to have dirty skin flaps on your skull throne, right? You got to polish that skull. Truly an offering. Mm. Worthy. So, uh, as for those of you viewers who don't know where we're at right now, uh, this is not the episode on Angron, if that's what you were hoping for. We have an mm. episode on Angron himself and his backstory in the World Eaters that we've already done. Oh, um, and Angron. this is technically the second part of of the Arcs of Omen book series. If you are not caught up, I would go back and watch the Vashtor. They know it's Abaddon one, but the images of Vashtor. Yeah. Um, it's and the sick, last too. one. That's another sick thumbnail by Ted. Yeah, good job, Ted. I hope he maintains the Arcs of Omen style for this one, too, to oh, kind of like make yeah. consistent. Oh, it's so cool. It's really great work. Anyway, go ahead. But um, yeah, so that, that kind of gives you a little bit of a heads up. So, starting off, uh, we have Angra. And Angrom is aboard a fleet of heretics and world eaters. Um, these are all currently translating um, through different warp jumps and the like. And he is rent a gigantic hole out of the Conqueror ship um, that has had a bit of a change since the last days. Um, oh, okay, so so we're on the Conqueror. We're on the Conqueror. Uh, the abs- Conqueror... No ab. Well, it's a little fleshier. Um, it's it's bored a bunch of demonic spires coming out of it. Um, yeah. So Angron does not abide the laws of physics. He rips a hole out of the Conqueror in rage, and he rides it in the vacuum of space. Um, he, Whoa. he He bellows and screams and can fly in the void. So to oh. the nature of him being a demon that does that ignores the laws of physics. Oh, I suppose that's true. Like warp demons probably would be able to fly in the void of space without like a helmet or any special thing. And he's got, you know, muscles on his wings. He's got biceps for wings. So sure, he can fly. Also, just the idea of a fleet that at the lead just has like Angron going rawr, rawr, at, the, at the head of it is Freaky. I don't like that at all. That's about what it is. So he is leading one of the largest World Eaters fleets since the Horus Heresy. About half of all the remaining World Eaters, along with various other warbands, stolen alien ships, even repurposed for the use of, uh, of World Eaters... Um, just the whole thing, conquer at the head, even some ships still bearing the old white and blue color from the heresy itself. There's pre-heresy ships in there, too. Well, the remains of pre-heresy ships, anyway. So, in this uh, uh, tippity-top, Angron is, he's exactly what you'd expect him to be. He, he is still a Primarch, so he still is, got it, like, he's still a, a tactician to an extent, he's still smart, but the nails in his head are, and throughout this entire book, it's always said the nails are pounding, pounding, pounding into his head. Specifically, the word pounding three times is constantly used. Yeah. Um, so he is just, yeah, a whirlwind of rage. And he's particularly heading towards 
this bright psychic light that is bugging him to death. <laughs> a bright psychic light that's bugging him to death, huh? A bright psychic light that is that is bear that bears the source of witchcraft that he is just I mean, he's mad, but this is like mad mad. It, it you yeah. know, corn disdains sorcery. Oh, so this is like extra angry Angron because this is like Corn doesn't like it. I really don't like it. So it's just like, oh yeah, go go kill that post haste. Uh, it's like having someone shine a light directly into your eyes is no, is already bad, but then they're also going e. <laughs> you want to hear the most annoying sound ever? <laughs> um. So so Angron is because last time we saw Angron was at the end of that book, and when he went demon, he just like. He's just crazy, and he's just, like, chained down, and he's just, like, you can't talk to him unless you're, what, Karn? Pretty so is much. He, is he better than that now? Because, like, he's, or is he just still just, like, I'm going to kill everything in my sight unless you're Karn? So you're forgetting that that was not even before the heresies ended? Oh! Oh, yeah. um, okay, yeah, you're right. I guess for some reason I thought that was post-heresy. No, no. Oh, uh, Demon Primarch. Okay. I, I, I'm pretty positive Demon Angron. Yeah, Demon Angron happened prior to the Siege of Terra. Yeah. Okay. Remember, yeah, they, I, they, my timeline is him. all screwed up. Yeah, okay. They they threw him into the surface. Remember, they like jettisoned him and let him murder everybody. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did. <laughs> yeah, so so not like that. Um, okay. But no, but no, Angron is not tied up to anyone. He is at full reign. He okay. is going around, and and the a world eater ship looks like what you think it is. It is raining blood in the sanctums. Everyone is screaming and yelling. Um, demons and stuff, and regular people alike are keeping it functioning. People are just dying. There's full of gladiator pits, and 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 people murder the slaves down on the. It's it's a world eater ship. Yeah, and yeah. along with his massive tide of ships comes his. Ark of Omen, which is known as the Clarion Dyer. And the Clarion Dyer Ark is led by some other World Year's captain, not too important. Um, Gifted by Abaddon and told to have send over here to go get the artifact that Abaddon is getting, which remember Abaddon and Vashtor are trying to gather MacGuffins to make a key, and this key will have a weapon that will destroy the Imperium. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so what? Uh, what's the rest of chaos up to at this point? Because not not every chaos faction follows Abaddon the Black Legion, right? Murdering loyalists. But anywho, um, so Abaddon has sent him this Ark of Omen and a good portion of his fleet, or just just extra stuff to help him go to this place. And this is known as a planet known as Malak Bale. M A L A K Malak B A E L Malak Bale Malak Bale. All right. Ma- uh, on Malak Bale is where this psychic light is stinging Angron's mind and making <laughs> the nails in his head pound harder and harder. Um, now, obviously, Angron does not care one bit about Abaddon's prize. He could give a shit. He is a <laughs> Primarch. Abaddon is a little baby boy. Um, compared to Demon Primarch Angron. Oh. Um, but Abaddon kind of knows this and is just like, listen, there's a thing there we got to get. Here's the, an arc. Just go. 
you know, like murder everything, like whatever. Like, like Abaddon's not dumb. He knows what Angron's about. Oh, sure. He he sends Angron on a task that he's like, yeah, Angron's going to take care of this. Also, so you're telling me if Angron and Abaddon squared off, Abaddon would get wrecked? Oh God, yeah. Look at oh. look at him. Look at how big he is. True that <laughs> he is he is a big boy, and I guess he is a demon. Primark. Honestly, oh, like, man. yeah, like, like Ab- Shia says, yeah, he controls him by saying, hey, dude, those guys over there called you a pussy. <laughs> no, it's it's genuinely just, hey, look at this place. See how many loyalists are there? And look, they're sorcerers. You want to kill all of them, right? It's like, well, yeah. Here's a fancy tool, giant ship. Go yeah. kill them. <laughs> so during this, they are all heading towards this beacon of sorcery. That they that they despise, and you the camera. I'll, I'll say it like a like a show, right? The camera pans out, and out as it as it moves its way, there is a orb, and this orb is being pondered uh, by a <laughs> war band of Zinch. Um, I don't oh. think it's technically Thousand Sons. I think it is just Chaos Marines that serve Zinch. Oh, okay. um, <clears throat> this war band is multiple sorcerers looking at their orb, seeing Angron flying around, and all. Oh, boy, they've got to be very nervous. (laughs) Well, so, no, they're not the people that he's going towards. Oh. Um, They are currently in possession of an arc known as the Stygian Heart. And they've already got their artifact. Oh, okay. They they got what they needed, gave it over to the War Master. But this piece of sorcery, this this high-level of sorcery thing there, they're very interested in. They're okay. very curious. And Actually, so they're looking at it and they're thinking it might be smart to, before Angron arrives, to get there and try to snag what we can before oh. the Red Angel arrives and kills everything. This so sounds like a really bad idea. I've, I got to be honest with you. This sounds like an awful idea. So they make for Malik Bale uh, an attempt to, to go to war for Zinch and try to because I mean, come on, sneaking in and grabbing stuff and being being all sneaky and, and lie—it's such a zinch thing, you know. It's that's true. God of change, sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, quote: "The blood god hates sorcery and these weaklings who cover in its paltry light. Such curs are good for naught but slaughter. <laughs> I shall be their executioner, and I will pile their heads high." Says oh. Angron the Red Angel. I was going to say, could you get a more Angron-esque quote than that? So, now we we go back in time a little bit. Mm-hmm. Inquisitor Glory, G-L-O-R-I, Amagna, <laughs> E-M-A-G-N-A. Glory Amagna. We're going to call her Inquisitor Amagna. Okay. Inquisitor Amagna is a Puritan Inquisitor of the Ordo Malleus. That's the demon one. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually had many people telling her that, yo, holy shit, Angron is coming. <laughs> and then she set them aflame because that's heretical talk. How do they know that? Oh, re- um, really? They well, this is to- a Puritan Inquisitor, man. Wow. This is, there's the Puritans and the Radicals, and this is a Puritan Inquisitor. Wow. So just because they tried to warn her that Angron was coming, she executed them with holy fire because you shouldn't know what chaos is up to? Yes. Wow. This is the, this is the Imperium, uh- remember? Yeah, I mean, I realized Puritan, but I didn't realize just how 
the, wow. the book starts with a person like, no, you don't understand, he's coming, and then he puts she puts him on a, on a pyre and, and sets him aflame. Yeah, no, no. It's Whoa. Fun. So, so Are we this the is, baddies? So this is our our our, uh, our one of our characters. Gloria Magna. Inquisitor Magna has gotten down to this world of Malak Bile and has found a piece of technology. Now, behind this comes the Indominus Crusade Fleet Cortis. Now, Fleet Cortis is led by a actually pretty great character. I kind of liked him. Uh, Fleet Master Abcondus. A fleet master of Condis is your strong admiral kind of guy. You know, he is he is stern. He, he's a he's a naval um, general admiral, whatever, yeah, for yeah, many yeah. A years, and was handpicked by Gilliman himself to lead this Indominus Crusade to assist in helping reclaim this part of the galaxy post Great Rift. Oh, so he's legit. If if a Primarch specifically handpicks your Normal. Well, I, sh- I guess I shouldn't say normal, but if <laughs> that's a big deal, he's he's a, he's, he's legit. Guy. Yeah, he's legit. However, things just got worse and worse for Fleet Cortis. Oh, no. uh, one of the groups got amassed by a massive orc wall that started Ooh. keeping them back for a long time. There was some that were constantly berated by Alpha Legion and Night Lord forces. <laughs> oh, ooh, Alpha constantly Legion in the back. and Night Lords. Ooh. Yep, keeping their keeping their um, group far behind and, and having their strengths diminished. There was a Xeno cult uh, infestation that they had to purify oh, and got slowed down by consistent Drukari raids. Oh, he was. His Everything was happened like, to them. His fleet was just like, oh my god. Oh, he was just in the front like, god damn it. Everyone is is being held up. We're making <laughs> no time. Things are, oh. I mean, it sounds like the only thing that they didn't get sidetracked by was, uh, you know, oh, there's a gene stealer cult that's been secretly on your ship, and now the Tyranids are swarming you. They got hit with everything. Everything. So, Abcondus is not feeling great. Abcondis nuts. Abcondis dick in your mouth. <laughs> um, he's he's like he's like rubbing his temples. He's just like, God damn it! This is the worst. How am I still alive? And so he got a call from a, a Inquisitor Magna, and at first he's like, Oh my God, it's an Inquisitor. Good Lord, I'm going to be shot for my insolence. <laughs> um, but she instead says that she is there to help make his day. Oh yeah, I bet. She has found a old dark age technology machine on the planet of Malak Bale. Oh. We're talking dark age technology, aka the good age. Yeah, Remember, when 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 the Imperium of Man was just peak, they were unstoppable. They were just steamrolling everyone. This is a gigantic machine that has fed its way in its tendrils throughout. Oh, yeah, it wasn't the Imperium of Man. It was just humanity, but you get what I mean. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There was no Imperium yet. Way back before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, But it had its tendrils so deep in this Earth's planet to the point where it nearly touched its core. And what this was was called the Coral Engine. C-H-O-R-A-L. The Coral Engine. I was kind of hoping it was an engine that ran off of sea coral. See, I can't. I would make a SpongeBob joke, but you're too cringe. You're right. I'm too based. I don't watch baby cartoons. I watch anime. You just made an enemy for life. 
Anywho. So the Coral Engine. The Coral Engine is a enormous Dark Age technology piece that is much like the Astronomicon of the Emperor. It is oh. a, a psyker-using machine that can project itself with a massive psychic beacon to help many of things to, to help everyone find because the, the there are warp storms also going on right now mm-hmm. making travel harder for poor up condis and <laughs> poor so th- this whole thing was like the brand new like a mini emperor's light people can come Whoa. in from different areas they could regroup they could fix it all and it had been hard checked by this inquisitor to not have any signs of heretical uh, uh, machine intelligences, you know, AI. Right, no AI, no, no none chaos of that stuff taints. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Um, and so, obviously, Abconus was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, really? You? I, I would think he would be just like, oh, hey, this is... This is amazing. Like we got to we got to go secure this thing post haste cuz this is going to make everything for humanity so much better. Like having a little mini emp. Well, it's not a mini emperor, but a mini emperor's light like that's great. That's that's so, based okay. one might say. Let's say you're in a world that has actual like sorcery and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If I went to you and I was I was a, a strong wizard and I gave you a necronomicon and said Hey, I know it's Necronomicon, but like, there's no bad parts of this. Like, you could totally use this, no problem. Would you immediately use the Necronomicon? Well, I guess you're right. Like, uh, it's, it's still it, a like, Necronomicon, even yeah. if someone assures you that nothing bad is going to happen. It's still the Book of the Dead. This is this is Dark Age tech. This is a gigantic mini Astronomicon, which is the holiest of things. Let's not forget. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. Like, he's not. He's jumping at that. He's not biting at that bit. Um, and he probably wouldn't have bit at that bit if it wasn't for two things. One, everything's sucking. And two, <laughs> the hard-faced Inquisitor staring him down. So eventually he decided, fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. We will gather around this area. And as Shai mentioned, this is in the Imperium Nihilus, so they can't see the Astronomicon. So warp travel is really tough. Oh, so they, so they need this even more. Exactly. So... The Coral Engine is put into use. And there's something important to know about uh, Inquisitor uh, uh, Magna is that she doesn't she doesn't just dislike psychers. She doesn't oh, no. think that they're people. Oh, she just thinks that they're like tools that you're supposed to feed to the Emperor to keep him alive type of thing? They, they, are, they are gifts from the Emperor to serve as message conduits Weapons of war and navigational devices. They are not people. Oh, no. She sees them as as objects to be used in his name. So, she is an extremist. So in this place, in the core pits of the Coral Engine, lay tons of sarcophagi in which you may place a Psyker in there. And depending on how strong they are, within three to ten days, they will have all of their energy siphoned from them, burnt out, and turned into a husk. And then they oh. place a new one in it. Oh, wow. This really is just like... Uh... <laughs> this is basically what the Emperor does, isn't it? You you, you feed him some psychers and hooray, look at my lights. Little bit, yeah. Um, however, this thing proves to be immensely good. 
extremely oh. powerful. Not only is the light helpful, but the power of this psychic being pushes away the warp storms, allowing travel in the, the closer you get to the coral engine, the smoother the tides of the warp become. The, oh, this is this is super. This is this sounds like everybody needs this. Well, if you're in the Imperium anyway. What's even more interesting is that it has this special part called the focusing vein, which allows you to basically like an aperture shine its light in directions. Oh. And that oh, okay. and, and so there is an entire world of, of, of heretical word bearers there attempting to create dark rituals to summon packs of demons. And when the demon would arrive, it would immediately screech and fizzle out because all of the, because the light was being shown in their direction. Um, loyalists were, uh, were fighting against iron warriors and their demon engines would break down and decompose when the light was shown their way. And loyalist psychers would become like supercharged and just start going on tears. So this coral engine is just like we need we have to have this station tons of people surrounding it because we can't lose this that that's that's that'll turn the tide of any battle with chaos that is, that's a, is that's a, a huge deal it is a psychic super weapon like the the emperor doesn't even do that does he like you can't just like hey emperor point your beamy light thing at that chaos thing and make it all like even he can't do that nope because this is dark age technology this is oh, when humanity man. was like neck well, not quite necron level but quite high i'm, I'm um, sure they don't say this but is this one of those things that like you would need an stc to replicate or could they study it long enough and be like oh hey we can make more of these because if you could replicate this thing chaos is proper that's unsure. The point being, more anyway, so yeah. than anything, is that, and also Dark Age Tech, you know, Adamek don't much like that, but, but like also <laughs> yeah. do, but like don't, but you get the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, remember when I said the Loyalist Psychers got really powerful? Well, they also had their heads pop after they were done. Ooh. They, 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 they kind of burnt out by being too powerful, you know? Uh -huh. They like overcharged. Oh, yeah, I'm uh, but, sure the Imperium is like, oh, no, what a shame. The Psychers are dead after really helping us win a battle. Ooh, I'm so... I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's probably a plus for most people in the Imperium. It's a plus for the goddamn Inquisitor. <laughs> yeah, especially for the Inquisitor that thinks they're just tools. So Malak Bile from here <laughs> becomes this major point of power. Um, it is just the getting there is easier. People can see it. It's all lovely. Of course... This attracts the eyes of other people. Oh, uh, is is this the light that Angron sees? That you like, know it. Oh boy, so the light that stings <laughs> his eyes, the foul sorcery. Oh, um, but no. it's also not just Angron. Uh, the eyes of Titan are also Titan, the moon of Saturn. Mm -hmm. um, the Grey Knights have been looking into their oh. their refractive uh, um, scrying mirrors of the Prognosticator Brotherhood and have gone and seen what's going on over here and say, oh, shit, this is weird. <laughs> so the Grey Knights, of course, are like the Psyker anti-demon KGB CIA that, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. are super <clears throat> secret. And the main brother captain, brother captains are like their captains, yeah, yeah. Um, named Krom, Teleported aboard <laughs> with his paladin, um, which is like Terminator bodyguards, directly onto the board of a of, of Condis's station. 
Ooh, and, no and mas. to ask him like, what is going on? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And Abkondis, despite uh, being quite pleased with the results, is naturally horrified at these Grey Knights arriving because yeah. there's a bunch of silver secretive that even he hasn't heard of space marines there. But even so, stiff back, firm, firm chest, and he says everything that's going on. He talks exactly about what he's doing under the uh, orders of the Inquisition. He discusses the uh, what's been occurring for the Coral Engine and everything and so on. And the Grey Knights say, okay, we, we believe you because they're all psychers, so... Oh, yeah, so they can tell if he's just bullshitting them, which yeah. smart thing for him to do is to not try and, you know, bullshit a Grey Knight because that would be just, <laughs> oh, no. So smart, smart to just, you know, hey, 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 here's, this, that's the truth. So smart with, with that, the Grey Knights go ahead and basically say, all right, okay, you're I, we believe you, like you. You are just in everything you're saying. He believes in the in the path, the righteous, etc. Um, you have people coming. Uh, here's what you're about to face. This is what's about to. Uh, this is what's going to enter the warp, and it's going to be the old uh, uh, heretic space marines from Legend. This is what you're going to have to deal with. Prep, and then the guy teleports out and goes talk to talk to the Inquisitor. Oh boy, I'm I'm sure he must have just loved that. It's like, oh great, I have dealt with everything else today. Hey, why not? Why not some old heretical chaos space marines? Also, what would happen if you focused the coral engine and you just beamed it right onto Angron? Would it do anything to him, or would it just piss him off? Once again, DK constantly jumping the gun. Sorry, it just seemed like a smart thing to do. You said it's got a focusing thing that screws up. Uh, this is called. Chaos and- this is called setting up the 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 crumbs in the beginning of the story. I'm sorry, you it just seemed whore. like such an obvious avenue to go down. Shut up. This is how this is how <laughs> storytelling goes. Chekhov out here with his gun, trying to shoot, but to point them at you. <laughs> Chekhov's got his gun. I'm like, what are you gonna fire that at me yet? Chekhov's got six barrels, and he's very upset about this. Anywho, <laughs> go so good old, good old uh, Abkondis begins to prep. Mm-hmm. He begins to to prepare and get and get everything set up and ready. And as he get, brings in f- so many fleets, like an ungodly amount of reinforcements, battle fleets upon battle fleets upon battle fleets. They start building up massive man-made defenses and orbital platforms. Like, this place was already heavily defended prior. It had orbital stations, anti-aircraft batteries, gigant... They have a giant fortress around the coral engine called the Fortress of Light. And they are just full stop making this one of the most powerful bastions they can. And it is... Imperial defenders are ludicrous just <laughs> numerous like untold amounts of ships yeah i, and I then, get that because this is such an important spot like even if you didn't know that angron was coming like you should still fortify this area as heavily as you possibly can because that coral engine is just like it it can't fall cannot let chaos get that and or destroy it so with all of that they waited and they waited for longer than they would like it almost kind of got them a little bit stir crazy oh. um and on the eighth day 
and the seventh hour, finally the warp broke and ships started spilling out along with a chunky, chunky arc of omen. Oh boy. And as it started spilling out, the heretics were moving full speed, going quick, mm-hmm. making their way to the to the uh, Malak Bile planet, ignoring all the other ones, which was smart because the entire it's, it's four planets, by the way, in the oh, system. Okay. The yeah, big yeah. coral engines on Malak Bile, but there's other like there's like Malak and Malakale or something. Yeah, but um, they beelined right for the most important spot, which, like you said, smart. Right, which has quite a few defenders, of course, but the Imperial defenders are spread out among all the planets, mm. uh, which makes sense because they want, they want to protect all of it, of course. Yeah, but sure. they beeline their way through there, but they, like, we're, these, these Imperium, they are entrenched. There are <laughs> yeah. so many ships, and They're they start, ready. oh, they start blasting. It's said that on the, um, the scrying aspects and the, the picked feed, the little red triangle of, like, torpedoes got so big that it was just a mass of red ink across it as all the imperial defenders fired Um, that's a lot of the torpedoes annoyingly these ships were so cunning though they they were able to dodge a lot this this bore high level long war veterans in there and they took out far more imperial craft than um abconis would have liked to the mm-hmm. point where he started to smir- or to like furrow his brow, like God damn it! Yeah, um, this but is they be way harder than I thought. But they pushed back this fleet quite well. Okay, and in fact, they actually were able to take out basically every single ship outside of the Ark, and the oh. Ark, and the Ark, as it was uh, mildly damaged and stuff, he was about to send out the final go order to destroy this Ark. The Ark of the Stygian Heart of the oh, Warband no. of Zinch. Oh, no. Does it show up just in time? And then before that can occur, his Vox Master runs up to him and says there are new translations coming from the warp on the eighth day of the eighth hour. Oh, yeah? Yep. And as it happens, it says, My lord, I have priority missives for you. The master of Vox had broken protocol by hastening to the fleet master's side in person. But one look at her expression told him, Condus, now is not the time for reproach. Who? He asked. Lady Magna and, separately, Brother Captain Crom, she said. A Condus blink. He drew breath to inquire further, but was distracted by the ripple of alarm spreading across the bridge of his ship. Officers rose from their stations, uttered oaths, shouted to one another while gestulating on stre- screens. Gest- gestulating? Whatever. Gestulating? Yeah, yeah. Gesturing, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Abconda's confusion deepened into alarm at the sight of his hand-picked veterans apparently lurching towards panic. And then it came. A deafening roar erupted with bone-shaking force from the very air around him. Blood for the blood god. Oh, boy. And then... Oh, boy. <laughs> the Conqueror, Clarion Dyer, and Angron himself emerge from the warp. The actual fleet 
of the world eaters arrive. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. That first group was just those damn Zinchians trying to get their prize. Oh no. <laughs> it's bad. It's all bad. Oh no. So the I'm going to be going through this next part a little quick only because it is a <coughs> ton of void warfare. Oh, okay, a lot of lot of ship battles, a lot of Angron a lot of just ship battles, stuff up. yeah, 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 all that stuff. Angron's main group was a a trident strike, um, two like one down in the center, two are on the sides. Uh, one on the right was like the conqueror in the group, and then there was the other major group of um of like a, like a what's it called the exsanguinator, I think was the name of the ship. <laughs> of the course, exsanguinator. But the big one making for the center was going to actually fly by real quick past the Imperial Defenders and actually use the gravity of one of the planets to slingshot themselves towards Malak Bile to outpace the Imperial Defenders. Ooh, smart. They, so, oh, okay. This begins, and, like, this is full stop, like, the most insanity level of Void Battle going on. Like We're, mm -hmm. we're in full everything-is-dying mode. Oh, yeah, um, sure. The, the Imperials are really good... Though, because the word world eaters are still world eaters. They are aggressive, <laughs> frothing madmen at times. So often oh, yeah. they will like run forward at high speeds all the time. And the Imperials will almost kind of like lure them into long range kill zones and break apart their ships. Right. Because they're not really using any strategy. They're just kind of and going after the big shiny light. Well, they're using strategy, but they're using strategy like gladiators. So often, ah. sometimes, they, they will move their ships almost like hunting packs and surround and conquer various um, Imperial vessels that can't quite make it through or gotcha. ram things with their prows. Like, they're still mm -hmm. using strategies. They're just not, like, they're using, like, I'm going to murder as much as I can, which is good for some things and not for others. Okay, um, gotcha. The Conqueror and, or sorry, a side group of them go fight this other uh, admiral, like I think Pell was his name, um, and they blow through a large amount of his resistance and they're able to snag that gravity well and fling themselves towards the planet. Some being injured in the fight and not quite making it and falling into the planet. And so you get some just these enormous world leaderships just landing on the Imperial defenses on those planets. Like uh, good old... Pell, this guy who who trying to deal with this group of, of people moving past him, had the Exsanguinator ship, which was, I do believe, led by a certain man, um, a certain uh, someone with a buff-ass arm. Oh, yeah? Oh, I was yes. really kind of hoping you were going to say it was led by Latara. Latara is apparently still on the Conqueror. Apparently she's melded with the bridge somehow. Oh, so I, I, she, I, like, like her upper half is still, like, as long as it's from abs down, is it, that that's fine. As long as she's still got, as long as she's still ripped and the rest of her is just integrated in, she might not have those nice thighs, but as long as those abs are still intact, we're good. We're good. Uh, Conqueror's yeah. abs, we're still good. Yep. Uh, yeah, apparently she's, like, yeah, it's what, what Shai said, like a vampire monster melded with the controls on the bridge. She's, like, basically become the ship. She's a vampire now? I don't I don't know. It's not in this book. She, she's not mentioned in this book besides a slight camp a slight um uh what's the word? Like reference. Listen. 
you're telling me she could be a buff vampire chaos mom? Poster! No, no poster! poster. No poster. poster! It doesn't work anymore. The fun is gone. She's all <laughs> bad. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, not important. Point being, yeah. Um, as as the uh, the war kind of continued, uh, the fleet battle got pretty heavy. Good old uh, Abconis's giant ship, I think it was called like Might of Terra, of course it was, of course, um, yeah, sure. gets boarded um, by some world leaders, which is a real issue. Yep, it sure um, is. Which we'll get more into in a bit. Um, but the Conqueror does have its fun as uh, it's making its way towards Malak Bile, murdering all in its path. And it does indeed, as is the most fun, Fire its Urser Claws. Yes! It absolutely does. And it yes! inhales another Imperial ship. And Angron is like, Based. all right. I'm, <laughs> and, he, and he becomes a bullet. What? He just jumps off the Conqueror, folds his wings behind him, and plows directly into the ship that gets trapped by the Urser Claws from one end of the deck to the other like a goddamn torpedo. <laughs> Wow, Angron is like is like Deadpool. As long as like like he gets half of his body ripped in half by an orbital defense battery, and within seconds just grows it right back. Oh no! Oh, he is pure murderous warp energy. Oh, but jeez, you like you thought Angron was bad before. Now we've got regenerative Angron. So even if you slice and dice him, it's just poof. He's back. Oh, Angron was tough before, but this is Angron with now the warp being opened halfway across the galaxy. Oh, my God. He's taking like blowing his arms off. His wings are being ripped into two and he's just like, it's back to normal. I don't care. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Angron was scary before. Now it's a whole new level of war. Now I totally get why you're like, oh yeah, Abaddon's stands no chance. So he gets to Malak Bile. And how do you think how do you think he starts the battle on Malak Bile? How do you how do you think that happens? How do I think what would it like how does he get there or just what does he do when he lands? No, no, no. no. Like, how do you think he makes landfall? I I imagine he just goes screaming through the atmosphere like a bat out of hell, yelling at the top of his lungs and wanting to kill everything. You're goddamn right he does. (laughs) He just jumps off the Conqueror into atmosphere, (laughs) and he lands like a comet on the the ground and just starts ripping, and that is the photo they provide. What? Oh, oh my god, Angron. What an ultra chad. Wow. Please like tell me he did the superhero land. Also, just, you know, the very kadunk. One hand on the ground, the other in the air, and just, oh, no, wow. I, I, think, I think he went face first into, like, multiple <laughs> defenses. All right. Oh, my God. Angron's so cool. Holy piss. So naturally, oh, I forgot, totally forgot to mention this. Um, when he arrived, like in system, and that blood for the blood god screen happened, uh-huh. I, I, I we always forget that like corn is still like a demon, you know, and so it has effects on people. It's not like just Zinchi oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when he arrived, like 
a lot of the Imperial crew and defenders were somewhat crippled for a little bit because like the gangs that put the, the bullets and the guns in the bottom decks of the ship went crazy and started attacking each other and they needed to get whipped back into shape or, oh, or they, they got like so frightened they were paralyzed with fear and they couldn't do stuff. Like it crippled their, some of their things for a short period of time until all the, uh, um, the foremans and, and, you know, uh, People yeah, cracking until the they whips whipped them, got yeah, them yeah, going. Yeah, got them, got them back in their <laughs> right state of mind. Sounds a little <laughs> crazy to say about, you know, cracking the whip at slaves, but for the Imperium, that's the right state of mind. And Angron just, like, has that that effect to him, you know? As he oh, lands sure. on the ground, they, they go, like, crazy, like, mad. Oh, yes, Shy, thank you. World Eaters surf warp on things called blood waves, which cause people <laughs> to go murderously mad. <laughs> Even even the um, even their transportation is chaotic chaos murder energy. <laughs> there's a leader of the world eaters, a guy named Lord Invocatus, which uh-huh. is on a a flying like corn dog demon engine mount, and he flies oh. in the air like on on a on a, a wave of flame. Oh it, my which, god! Tell me, there's a picture of this. Uh, he's a model, actually. I don't know if there's a picture, oh. but he is a model. In game, he is fly, which is just so funny because it's like he's like flying a unicorn. It's hilarious. Yeah, there he is. Oh my god, that's so fucking badass! What the hell, Lord Invocatus? How is is this uh, the first time I'm seeing him? Well, the 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 World Leaders uh, book came out kind of recently, so and he rides that thing on a wave of flames. He's yeah, he flies. That character oh fly. God, that's so cool. It's Holy very fun. shit. So, th- this is also how large quantities of demon engines and tanks and stuff made its way onto the atmosphere, riding flame until they finally hit the ground <laughs> and then start blasting. Can you? Oh. It's, like that, it's like that scene in the A Team uh, movie with uh, Liam Neeson, where they're like flying the tank with the parachute. I never saw the A Team movie with Liam Neeson. <laughs> Have you not seen that 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 scene at least where they're no, where they're I oh there's this that part that movie looks so cringe. It is kind of cringe, but there's a part where they're like they're in like an AC one thirty and they have to bail, and so they get out in a tank and they have like parachutes and they're shooting shit with the tank while falling. It's hilarious. Oh man, <laughs> can you imagine being an Imperial soldier watching that? Just I mean, watching these chaos corn world eaters riding in on fire this guy has a unicorn horse that has a chainsaw for a horn yes <laughs> no world eaters yeah, are crazy. not subtle i draw i dropped my book world eaters <laughs> are like, not subtle no not naming good lord i love it so are, uh, with now with all of Angron and the, and the like making planet fall, a good portion of the Imperial defenders are wounded because the world leaders like ran into it, mm-hmm. but are trying to turn around and trying to to get to the actual um, uh, Malak Bale to stop them. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Mister Abcondis, our fleet master, is not quite able to pull it off himself. As the Ultramarines uh, stationed, as well as the high-level Scions and the like, on his ship, Vox him and, and strangely hear 
worry in the voice of the Ultramarines lieutenant as Karin the Betrayer has boarded his ship. Oh, no. Oh, no. It just, it it doesn't, it doesn't ever get good, does it? When the world leaders are involved for, for if you're on the Imperium, uh, it just never gets good. Oh, yeah. It says the fleet master's last transmission was a hurried string of orders against a backdrop of screams, gunfire, and the revving of chain teeth through bone. It ended with three words roared by a monstrous voice caught by Abcondus's Vox relay and broadcast to his horrified shipmasters, kill, maim, burn. Oh, no. Oh no! What a final transmission to get. Good guy. Poor guy. There World he goes. Eaters at their peak. God. So, Whew. Angron has made planet fall, and as has the group, and is making his way to the coral engine. And during this time, good old Inquisitor. I keep calling and call her Enigma, but I know it's not Enigma. It's um, Igni, Enigma, Enigma. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. Now, now I'm now I'm losing my mind. A magna, a magna, Gloria Magna, magnificent glory. I assume is. Some... She has been there and is currently saying prayers to the God Emperor and yelling at the through the Vox and being like the the power of the Emperor is with you, et cetera, et cetera. As her uh, local Tempestus Scion personal honor guard holds all of the tech priests at gunpoint. As she goes to every single uh, limiter on the Coral Engine and starts flicking them off. Oh, so she's setting the Coral Engine into overdrive. Into maximum overdrive as the tech priests are pleading and pleading that this tech heresy of what she's doing to stop, to to stop doing what she's doing. I can't believe even tech priests at this point. It's like, dude, look around. Just take, just take a look. It's in a book. Like it's, you're about to get completely overrun by world eaters. If there was a time to just be like, you know what? Fuck it. This might be heresy. Limiters up. Now's the time. You've been reading too much about call, man. You got to understand these people. All right. In the glory of the Omnissiah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm too used to call just being like, ah, it might be a little heretical, but that's okay. So Angron decided during this battle to summon not one, not two, but eight bloodthirsters of corn. Holy shit. (laughs) And began marching down. And by marching, I mean batting his wings and flying and murdering everything in sight at at Mach 5. Which, which speaking of, as we're talking about this, no, it's not in this book. Shy, can you please write in the chat uh, how Angron got his weapons? Because I know DK would get a kick out of this. And I'll, I'll read it in a bit. Um, eight, eight bloodthirsters eight and bloodthirsters. And if we remember right, the bloodthirsters are the things that gave um, what's his face trouble. Sanguinius. Sanguinius. And he's got eight of them. He's got eight of them, and they are marching <laughs> down the coral engine. But the the final limiter is turned off, and the psychers start screaming in this endless cacophony of agony as the coral engines blasts start flying out at a ludicrous strength. 
the the light that burns Angron's eyes are so is so intense, and I believe it actually rips and sends two of his bloodthirsters back into the warp. Oh, so now he's only got six bloodthirsters. Oh, thank goodness! What's he gonna do? <laughs> so he's like, is it's basically a gigantic gust of wind of <clears throat> psychic energy. Like he's he's putting swords in the ground to pull himself forward and up. Oh yeah, yeah. Get closer and closer to this abominable sorcery. The Imperials don't much like this feeling either in their head, but it's not as disdained as it is yeah, for yeah. you know, sort uh, the yeah. sorceress hating corn. Yeah. Um, as he finally makes his way to the main section of the coral engine, explosives from the Inquisitor detonate, and he falls into this giant pit set for him. And from there, the full contingent of Grey Knights, their Dread Knights, their Paladins, and all their weapons, along with rites of banishment being spoken from the Grey Knights, just unleash onto Angrom. Scion blasts from their hotshots, everything. Just this... Everyone is looking around this pit. Angron's at the bottom, currently wounded by the thing, and they are just gunning him to a pulp. Oh, yeah, I, I would imagine. like, And you just don't stop firing until everything is spent and you have nothing left because it's Angron. Unleash all of it. Fire everything! And in the, the book makes it pretty clear that this would have killed him. Um, okay. Now, Angron, as a character, can't really die because he's a demon. In yeah. fact, with the breaking of the rift, he will always come back in eight days, eight hours, and eight minutes. Oh, man, that's actually a rather quick respawn timer for someone as crazy as Angron. Yes, eight days is not long, but no. it would keep him out from right here. That's true, yeah. But before they could, his retinue of bloodthirsters make their way up. Oh, and no. they have to adjust their fire at the bloodthirsters coming through. They take out a couple. I think the four swords and hammers of the various uh, Grey Knights start cutting apart some of the bloodthirsters, uh, oh, one okay. or two of them. One of them gets its whip of flame and brass and wraps it around Inquisitor Amagna. And she's still shouting rites of banishment, still yelling for the, at the uh, God Emperor's prayers, firing a bolt pistol at this <laughs> bloodthirster as she is yanked towards him through the sky and has her head cut clean off by the axe. Oh, man. I mean, she went out as 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 hard as she possibly could. You know, chanting those rites, shooting that pistol. Like, there there are worse ways to go, I suppose. Um, that's, that's, oh boy. Uh, Brother Captain. Wild. This, of course, lets Angron get up a little bit because the fire has been moved. Brother oh, Captain yeah, yeah. Uh, Krom actually throws his demon hammer and cracks Angron on the chin. Oh. And, and sends him uh, actually flying backwards, for, not flying backwards, but knocked back for a second, mm -hmm. hits him again in one of his horns, and the third strike was coming down right to his uh, forehead before he got wrapped into the chains of one of his weapons. And then, unfortunately, his special axe, known as Spine Grinder, <laughs> lived up to its name oh. and absolutely <laughs> turned him into two. Yikes. Man, Angron is going to town. Angron and his bloodthirsters are doing work. They they are crunching 
Yeah, they must love this. This is like, oh man, nothing better, baby. So they finally make their way to the center of this coral engine. Oh no. To the to the major consoles and part. And to hear there's this really weird part of the of the book where like time kind of slows. Mm-hmm. And Angron feels behind him this mass, this like ungodly large force behind mm-hmm. him. Uh unsheathing a sword the size of a planet. Whoa. And it's the <coughs> idea is that behind him is like Corn himself. Oh, kind of all right. right behind him, hand on his shoulder in a weird way. Like he, like Angron is is too paralyzed to turn around and look okay. at what it is. But it, it's kind of like the guiding. It, it's almost like the hand of God. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that like it feels like a bad thing behind him. Like it might paralyze him because it's so strong, but it's someone that wants to push him forward and like guide him. It's not someone that's necessarily trying to like stop him per se. No. In okay. fact, in a weird way, Angron is practically the sacrifice here. As Uh-oh. Angron takes his weapons and jams them directly into the coral engine. And for a split second, the nails no longer rang. And oh. he finally felt. A moment of peace, a oh, moment wow. of no more pain and suffering to his mind and body. And then his entire body was just reduced to ash as the thing exploded. Oh, he became sheesh. nothing. So is it is this, this isn't like Ang- is Angron fully, fully, completely dead? No, he responds. Okay, so he's going to he respawn in eight days. Okay. Yeah. And they, they talk I was going to be like, responding. "Holy moly! Did they did they just sacrifice Angron?" But I mean, if you're going to die and you're going to need to go on the respawn timer, good reason to do it though. To get rid of this giant coral engine, make it explode. This thing that is just going to be a blight to chaos. That is a good reason to take an L. I mean, it's not really an L. That's kind of a big dub, but you get the idea. No, he respawns, uh, and and it says in the book that once he did, does, he's like, one day I'll know the peace of my actual final death. And him not actually being dead makes him very angry when he starts murdering people. So, you know, <laughs> classic. Yeah, Cla- um, yeah classic uh, Angron. Yeah, yeah. Vintage this, Angron. This basically destroys the planet. This oh, sure. this yeah. engine was like in the core of its planet, like, like yeah, it, it was wrapped things. up to the to the entire planet. That so thing th- blows up the whole planet. Goes yeah. This thing just starts heaving. Tectonic plates get a, get ruined and adjusted. Lava starts flowing, mm-hmm. and with this thing gone, this leads to the greatest ritual and the greatest sacrifice for corn. Angron being the final like wet blade to make the final incision of the ritual. And then all the, the screens on all the loyalist ships turn blood red and all the people have their veins bulging out of their bodies and they go insane. And every, almost every mortal in the Imperium in this area gets afflicted by the murder curse and they all turn on each other. We're talking oh. we're talking space marines, we're talking sisters. 
We're talking oh. fleets and guardsmen. That Admiral before Admiral Pell is eaten alive by his bridge crew. Oh, everyone! Like like there's talk. There's like a little excerpt of, of a sister's cannoness, like having to stop her fellow sisters from from um you know uh, murdering everyone and and trying to get things back together. And then she's just obliterated by a um a titan that has turned. Uh, mad. Oh my god. So the corn just went super crazy after this thing got destroyed. This is this was half of the world eater ships and ungodly amounts of Imperials and the the blood tithe of a planet, not just the amount of dead, but also the the destruction of sorcery. Oh that that's wow. his thing, man. So after, so once that thing got destroyed, Corn was like, ooh, finger licking good. And he just was just like, oh, this is it. This is, oh, I am supercharged. Oh, baby, let's go. He's like, this is, this is an all you can eat buffet for him. Yep. It, it, it truly is like disdain and hatred for sorcery and ungodly amounts of blood. The entire, wow. the entire system is now basically, yeah, infected by a, a murder virus, so to speak. Wow. That's... And, oh, oh, man. So, can Corn like, when, when... So, Shy said, like, this is a newly created murder curse. Is this something Corn can just do now? He can just inflict a murder curse on people if the conditions are right and just force everyone to go stir crazy and just murderize everything in a fit of rage no matter what they believe in so so you're you're i think you're looking a little too into it oh, okay. um you just got you got to think like this was just it's a ritual to the dark gods this was a gigantic carnal slaughter that empowers corn and so corn Threw this whole thing out, this powerful curse, because this giant psychic device, yeah, detonation. Like, it's okay. just, this is the result of what happened here. The right, result, right. your results may vary, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, it was, you're not going to get a catastrophe of this level every day, right? This is planetary destruction, massive war. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I guess this should be kind of just be seen as a one-off this isn't like a new this isn't like oh man corn leveled up and now he can just murder curse it's you know the conditions have to be right and the aftermath of such a catastrophic loss of life uh resulted in this right so um with that way at the edge of the system is the arcs of omen stygian heart of the mm -hmm. of of the zinch worshippers yeah and in this arc, coils of brass and silver start to maneuver their way through the arc, repairing its damages and fixing things up. Mm -hmm. And on the bridge comes out the, the metal clockwork hiss of Vashtor the Archifane. Oh, let's go, Vashtor. And he begins to pilot this arc towards the surface of Malak Bile. And in fact, the Zinch worshippers... Oh. Very upset at who the hell this is. Um, he is able to keep them away from the bridge for a while by closing doors, closing bulkheads and stuff. But he's actually sure. kind of pleased with how they're getting through his defenses. It's very smart okay. and cunning as of Zinch. 
And so with one rap of his hammer on the ground, he teleports all of the Zinch worshippers to the warp, to his soul forges, in which he will provide to them a suitable contract for their extreme cunning and services. Oh, well, good for them. They're about to get there. Yeah, hey, cool. Good for them. Nice work. And so he slowly brings in the Ark into Malak Bale's system. And down there he finds, after deep within the core, cracked away, now revealed with the destruction of the psyche device, a piece of a, of a weird sweltering black rock that he, uh. with, with, with a, a delicate, like, touch of reverence almost, is able to take it and put it into a ship, and he sails right back off. Okay. Like, a part of me thought you were about to say, like, oh, yeah, since it's Vashtor, and he's all about, like, the forge and making stuff, and he can fix ships and stuff. I thought you were going to say he was about to uh, fix that coral engine and make it, like, a chaos version of it that just empowers chaos and just turn it against the humies and oh more chaos but ooh it's it's uh, much more foreboding and foreshadowing than that i like it i like it i like it i like it the artifact was only revealed once the coral engine was destroyed, was destroyed. so yep. by using angron as the perfect tool to destroy a psychic witch beacon it really mm. was the right decision yep and uh it and sure as was. shy has mentioned uh the remaining of that fleet will be either given to corn or be considered traitor because of what's going on, even if it wears off. So, Oh, yeah, they would because they, oh, because the, the murder curse. Yep. There's actually a hilarious part where a sister, Repentia, goes crazy and kills one of her sisters because of this. And then the, the unaffected sister shoots the, uh, shoots the, the Repentia and then says, unforgiven. And I dub the unforgiven. Yeah, like, I, yeah, you ha- are unforgiven. Oh, yep. yes. Okay. All right. Angron weapons are Spine Grinder and Somniaris. The former is a titanic chain axe far beyond most mortal craft. It is also known as Perseac's Folly, named for the traitor forge world that labored for decades to construct it, only to become the axe's first victim when Angron score in their supplication. <laughs> the latter... The latter is a demon blade of prodigious size containing the essence of a powerful Slaneshi demon whose gladiatorial posturing offended the Primarch enough for him to administer the beating of a lifetime using nothing more than an unworked iron bar forging the blade in the process. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm going to beat you into a sword and I'm going to use that sword. (laughs) That's amazing. That's the, that is, those are the most Angron weapons you could ask for. I'm just going to take this iron bar and I'm going to beat you so fucking bad. It's going to grind into a sword and I'm going to just keep using it because fuck you, Slanesh Demon. Wow. Not to, not to mention the, the damn chain axe is called, it, it's literally like, wow, thanks, Trader Forger, for making me this axe. I'm going to kill you all with this axe. It's like, hmm, yes, this is finely crafted. Now, if only I could test it out. <laughs> Jeez. Angron is just another level of psycho. Like, it's, oh my god. It's so hilarious. The, the, yeah, the, the Angron, sheer level. 
Angron is so far beyond savage that it becomes comical. Like, it is... He is 40k in a nutshell. Wow! I it's, love it. Uh, it's, it's pretty great. It is fantastic. I love it. Oh my god, these books are amazing. I am very happy with the Arcs of Omen. This uh, Angron one also heralds the release of the World Leaders Codex 2, which I would love to get so we can have an episode on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's also... Yeah, normally, whenever there's like these kinds of stories, it, there's a little bit of like win some, lose some for both sides. This was a pure chaos win Oh, they yeah, got on. what they wanted. Imperials mm-hmm. are screwed. Tons more corn worshippers now, and their fancy pantsy uh, psychic device is gone. Yep, th- there is nothing good came out of this for the Imperium. Nothing. All of their uh, generals and their special people and their Inquisitor dead. Fancy psychic device that could have absolutely been such. Oh, such a vital tool for them, and something that would help them so much. And ang- oh, and man, get fucked, Imperium. Get. F-ed. Also, yes, uh, she makes a good point. First time it's confirmed, as far as she knows, that Primaris Marines can be corrupted by chaos as well. Um, Ooh, also, they are corrupted- we going to get chaos Primaris Marines? Is that a thing? No, currently not, but um, but will it it's be? the fact that they got affected by it. And I mean, oh. sisters also got affected by it, too, which is equally as surprising. Um, I know there's some sister stuff back then, but they're, like, known for being mostly pretty damn hard to corrupt. Yeah. Um, How would you feel if they released Chaos Primaris Marines and Chaos Sisters if something like this was like, oh, hey, guess what we're planning to do for corn? I mean, I don't know. Chaos Sisters feels a bit against their thing as models. Like, I'm okay with them having it in the lore every so often, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But as models, not as like it feels a little bizarre. In the game, I mean, Chaos. I mean, Primaris Chaos Marines are basically just like there's already Marines that have been juiced up by Chaos. Like, they're basically a Primaris Marine at that point. It's just a various type. The the only things that weren't really affected by the situation that happened here were like the Grey Knights. Um, mm. And, uh, like custodians wouldn't be affected, you know. Naturally, sure, sure. But but for the most part, yeah, pretty much there was no safety. No, no pretty much no one outside of the Grey Knights in this major battle were safe from Corrin's effects. Um, yeah. and it could just be because he needed this big of a sacrifice. Yeah, this w- level of psychic um, machine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was gonna say, I guess you couldn't really turn that into a squad because, like, to even have enough chaos craziness to affect a sister or a primaris marine you needed this almost apocalyptic event and loss of life to make it happen so it's not like again that's not something that's going to happen every day that's not something you can just keep churning out like sure they might exist in the ruins of malik bile but there's no way chaos can keep making that shit happen there's also, um, real quick, before we wrap it up, there is a World Eaters uh, thing um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the, the book called Blood Tithe. World Eaters in-game in are basically a stat check. They're like, we don't actually are, we're not super tanky and we can't really do a whole lot in shooting, but if we get to you, like, gu- goodbye. 
<laughs> the moment we touch you, you are gone. They uh, have this yes. awesome, awesome rule called Blood Tithe, mm -hmm. which is a point system. And you get a point uh, for doing certain things like killing uh, worthy opponents and stuff. But the main thing is you get a point for every single unit that is destroyed, friend or foe. Because blood does uh, corn does not care from which the blood flows. As long as the blood flows, be it friend or foe. Oh man, no wonder corn just loves Angron. My boy, my baby boy. So um, you can spend these points on various things to make you better in the game. But the big one is at eight or at six points. If you have Angron, you can resurrect him if he has died. And bring oh. him back on the battlefield. So his his coming back to life thing is an in-game mechanic. He's oh. really actually quite squishy. I think he dies by far the fastest out of any of the Primarchs. Oh. But then you just set him back up. And you can do it. <laughs> so long as you have the points, you can do it as many times as you want. Oh, man. That's... That's that's pretty poggers. And it's of course for like the for the tabletop, you've gotta have some sort of setback where it's like, yeah, he's kinda squishy, but as long as you have six points, bring and you bring him right back, yeah. Yeah, and when he comes back alive, he um he only has like half of his wounds. So uh, it, it's like it works that way, but it's still he gets like progressively easier to kill with more uh the more resurrections that happen. Yeah, and it's it's still just right. oh well no it's just like it's just eight I think he has like oh, seventeen okay. but then he has eight when he comes back up right it um, doesn't go like oh yeah eight and then four and then two or something it's just always it's always eight gotcha. of course it's, of course it's always eight DK of course it's always eight of course it's corn yeah. it's his number anyway Whew. good old arcs of omen are continually excellent excellent lore oh reads. yeah. Oh, Lo man. Love them. Great stuff. Huge Chaos W. Enormous. Oh, yeah. Probably probably one of the biggest Chaos wins I've seen in a bit. Yeah. Um, that's That was a big one. Uh, and I'm really, really hyped for the next one because you know who's next. Um, is Oh, the next one's the Vashtor book, it's right? The Vashtor it's book. the Vashtor book. And then people are thinking maybe the fourth one is Farsight. Have they confirmed or said anything about that? Or is it still a quote-unquote mystery? It is a mystery. I believe it's supposed to be Farsight, and I think the fifth one is supposed to be The Lion. Oh, um, there's, oh I thought there were only going to be four. How many Arcs of Omen books are there going to be? I thought there was only four. There might be a fifth. I thought there was a... I, I'm not sure. People are telling oh. me that it might be the lion. I might be wrong. I don't know. I'm scared. Okay. Uh, they're going to come for okay. me. They're going to be in my house. They're going to be like Blood for the Blood In your gun. walls. In your in walls. You're walls. going to get murder cursed. But um, yes, if Farsight is what they're teasing quite a bit. And uh, and then I think oh, it's supposed man. to be the lion after that. Because I'm pretty sure the lion is supposed to come alive with a new mini in 10th edition. That's what it sounds oh, like. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, hey, if they want to make like six, eight, ten, fifty more of these. These books have, I have, I, I didn't think it was going to get better than that first book. Because the first book was pogging. Uh so I was like, oh, next one's going to be probably pretty good. You know, it's probably not going to be that same level. But, oh, man, it just keeps getting better. I love it. This Arcs of Omen shit is great. I'm very excited for Vashtor. I really hope his book oh, is man. good. And that cover looks, oh, that artwork of Vashtor is phenomenal. Just, oh, my, this is. Uh, Vashtor really hits mm. with, like, a genuine creepy feel about him. 
Yeah. It's creepy, uh, there, there but are it's so don't cool, too. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm glad this happened. All right. Mm. Take us home, Angron. Blood for the blood god!